This week, we're talking about roleplay, how to get into it, how to get into character, and how to bring out those fun roleplay experiences in-game. We'll give you some tips and tricks if you're really stuck on finding a voice and finding those characteristics. Welcome to We Speak Common. And welcome to the D&D podcast for everyone, because here we speak common. This is the podcast brought to you in partnership with The Dice Dungeon, who are your supplier for premium D&D dice here in the UK, shipped worldwide. You can get 10% off your order and support the show by following the link in the description or using the code WESPEAKCOMMON on checkout. It's also the podcast brought to you in partnership with Describe. Describe, spelled D-S-C-R-Y-B, offers over 14,000 scenes of places, monsters and spells, and the collection just keeps on growing. It's just like box text that you'd find in your normal adventure book, but it's designed to be read out loud in your own campaign. Free your creative energy and time for all the other aspects of playing and running the perfect adventure and stay ahead of your wayward party with the help of Describe's finely crafted box text. You can visit Describe.com, that's D-S-C-R-Y-B.com and use the code COMMON at checkout for 10% off or follow the link in the description below. And as ever, we'll talk a little bit more about our fantastic partners later in the show. Uh, Today, for a wonderful episode of Table Fables. I am joined by uh, my longtime friend, Wesley. Hello, Wes. Hello. I'm incredibly nervous just to warn everyone <laughs> now. Just, I'm getting this out of the way, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I love this. So, Wesley, you are um, episode four of this mini series of Meet the Mod Team on the discord server and uh, we'll talk more about that later too so you are you're the the kind of capstone so no pressure um oh great okay <laughs> <laughs> but what's really fun as well is like so obviously this show has a long history if you're a new listener um joe who was my co-host for two and a half years i've known him since you know like halfway through primary school but i've actually known you longer than i knew joe for so our history is deeper it's deeper and longer and it's had its falls and it's ups so <laughs> Hey, hang on a minute. We've had fools. What? I don't. I don't. Even <laughs> I'm trying those. to make it sound more dramatic, Ben. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, we we had a, a, a hatred rivalry to begin yes. with. Yes. I actually remember like the first day I met you, like in nursery, which is so bizarre because I remember nothing from like the age. You, you from, remember nothing this? from the age of six? I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was I was really nervous because I was a four year old kid and I just moved to like this weird end arse of nowhere. <laughs> county in the uk and uh i i was trying to find someone to talk to and i think you came over to me first and then uh then we, then i met paul who mm-hmm. i haven't spoken to in years so well you know well, we, we our, our friendship is yeah it's so. it, it's gone through the test of time um i remember today... very little from nursery by the way absolutely yeah. i remember some kiwis on a plate that i very much enjoyed when i was like four years old what that's a it weird memory. that's it <laughs> out of everything that happened then my brain thought that was the best moment this is the thing like i never understand how people remember things from when they're kids because i i remember nothing phoebe she remembers like her whole childhood and i'm like yeah i have no memories before the age of 10 yeah um, no, I, I really don't have that many um, as I maybe, said, a kiwi. Um, just I don't know why that stuck, but it did. <laughs> maybe it's all the trauma that you and I both went through. Maybe that's what it is. We just blocked it, it yes, out. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's my working theory, anyway. Um, so I have, against your best will, uh, pulled you onto an episode today because although you are an incredibly humble person and you're gonna you're gonna refute this claim, you are out of everybody I've ever played D and D with, the best role player that I know. Why does oh, this this no? <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't. I don't want to put the pressure on, but it is true. And and I I know Sam won't be afraid of me saying this because he's said to me a number of times that when he plays in campaigns with us, you are the role player that he looks up to. As like he's like that's the level I want to be at. So when he told me that, I was like, good. Someone else believes it. I'm gonna get Wesley on an episode and talk about oh, great RPing. Okay. Sure. You're so good. You are so good. And you get so into character. And I mean, we're going to talk all about this today. But um, I think there's there's something natural about it in the way you do it, too. And I want to get like just into your brain and get all of your tips and tricks on being involved and and deep in character. Um, And can I can we just put on the table that you weren't a theatre kid either, were you? No, no, I wasn't. I, I was the opposite of a theatre kid. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed drama and things, but I never, 
I think mm. as a kid, I was a lot more in my shell, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. And then as I, you know, as I grew up into the adult years, I said, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> why, why am I doing this? Let's, let's throw that out the window. I'm just going to be me and be a wacky, daft, nonsense creator. Um, love it. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely love that. And I, for reference, was a theatre kid. I did drama um i went to drama school i did drama gcse I, I wanted to be an actor for a long time and then i decided that actually i preferred using my voice and that's why i went into radio so um there's two completely different sides of of this conversation here which is why i think this is a this is going to be a good episode so let's um let's get into it i've decided this is an episode of table fables because i figured we will probably go into some examples of like characters and things that we've we've played before and, yeah. and moments that we love but for anyone new to D, because as i say this is the D podcast for everyone we want to we want to welcome in people who are just getting into the game um how do you define role play like in your brain how what makes up role play for you what makes up role play yeah Oof, like like, like when i when i say oh we're going to do some role play what's <laughs> what's the thing that comes to your mind so the, the main thought is collaborative storytelling. That's mm. that's the largest point that comes to my brain, um, simply because that's what role-playing is, especially in a D&D &D setting. Uh, I mean, you can role-play with yourself. You can do that. You can have conversations with yourself if you like, but um, it's I, a lot I, more I enjoyable. I do that all the time. I, mean, yeah. I, think, I think most people do, especially when you're uh, walking around and testing a character voice. That happens Oh, yes. Yeah, we'll get into <laughs> that for sure. Um, okay, so I... I love that because I've always said, whenever anyone asks me what D&D &D is, I say it's a collaborative storytelling game and game is kind of like the last word that comes out of my mouth because I think it's more than that. Um, so for me, like, if I say role play to someone, I think they go, oh, what, like in the bedroom? And I'm like, no, like oh. role play. Like, <laughs> like you get into character, like acting. Um, and then I always think that scares people away because they're like, oh, I don't want to act. Like that's kind of, that's weird. And I think that, but when I, you're acting with someone else, it's a lot more comfortable, isn't it, really? I think yeah, well. I think it is. But like, but I don't think acting's the right word either. Because when I say acting, I think of like two people seeing each other, being with each other, standing and, and running through scenes. And like, in a way, D&D &D was that before March 2020, because we were all playing around the table if we could. But currently now, we're, we're all online and, and it's a bit strange. And like, I remember when I first started running D&D, &D, specifically like my first maybe month or two of running games and playing in games i had that kind of weird feeling of like i don't know if this is if this is right and i don't know if if i if this feels silly and i think everybody has that and you get over that kind of silly feeling eventually when you get into it um so uh, yeah i mean I, I think you're right collaborative storytelling for sure and then if there was another word that was better than acting, I'd use that, but I can't think of one. I don't think there really is um, <laughs> not at the moment. Um, but no, I just remember like the first times we ever did role play uh, with D and D because uh, that was the example that we used all together. Um, we never did voices, right? Mm. At all, <laughs> none of us did voices. Um, we did a small one shot initially. Um, yeah. The main thing that I remember from that is. Um, I remember making a daisy chain weapon, which I found was ludicrous with a spiritual weapon. Yes, um, that was, I'm pretty sure, I think I found the notes of this one shot the other day when I was cleaning out my old iMac, and it was um, on a boat, and the boat crashed, and there was like, it was on a tropical island, and I was a druid with a wolf. I remember that. Very vague memories. I feel like it didn't stick as much as an impression because it was more such a new, raw experience. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, sure. you're just kind of floundering a bit going, where, where are we going with this? <laughs> what yeah, are we what, doing What do here? I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've we've talked before on the show about the, what I like to call the eureka moment when players kind of mm -hmm. finally work out what D&D &D is. Because there is kind of that, like, I don't really get it until you get it. And it just kind of clicks. And it could be a session. It could be five sessions. But eventually it clicks. Um and I don't think role play really comes into the equation until after that point because you yeah. need to you need to kind of work out what D and D is as a as a, a medium, but also what it is for you as well, um, and what points you enjoy more. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because that's the thing. Like people people talk about how 
they have role play heavy groups and and like low role play and like i know people who play who are currently playing things like uh what's it what's the adventure um dungeon of the mad mage which is very map based and it's a dungeon crawl and there's not a lot of there can be not a lot of story and so the role play kind of isn't there mm-hmm. but then i look at like our group and i know for a fact that if i tried to run dungeon of the mad mage i mean i'd put story in it anyway but i know that we would force you into into role play heavy moments exactly i, like I you, would try to you, my you'd darnest damn <laughs> every single every single creature like can you understand common can we have a conversation okay well Which maybe if it's great. you know foaming at the mouth ready to murder me not as much but yeah you just ask it if it wants to parlay it'll be fine sure. um <laughs> bromwood <laughs> Yeah, Brom absolutely. Yeah, but Brom's a sweet, innocent soul who who wants to talk to everyone. Um, but yeah, so like I I think I think it's one of those, and I hate saying this because I say it all the time, and it feels like a cop out answer. But I think it's one of those things that differs from group to group. But at the very least, every group has at the least a small amount of it. So I, mean, I think it's the main push as well, isn't it? Like it is. So you can go through the mechanics. Right. And yeah. they, they are enjoyable. But I think for me personally, I'm hoping for others, too, that the main enjoyment is character development. It is role play. It is conversing with your friends' characters. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing what they pull out of the hat, because sometimes you really don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I've when I did a lot of research into um, Dragon Heist before I ran that. And bearing in mind, I knew that you guys were a party that would really get into the role play side of like living in a city and running a tavern and things. I was seeing posts on Reddit of people being like, my players aren't interested in the tavern. They don't, they don't want to play tavern sim. They don't want to go shopping. And I'm like, why? Like, that's not an issue that we have. Like, we love that stuff. So, you know, there are groups out there that aren't into it, but I, I, you can't have D&D without it. And so at some yeah. point I think you kind of have to just go, okay, how do I make it so that I enjoy those parts of D&D? Yeah. Um, what is your favourite part about it for you? About roleplay in general? Yeah, like what's, <laughs> That's a when big you, question. <laughs> there is a big question. Let me, let me dumb it down. So when you, when you sit down and you play D&D and you know you're going to have a roleplay heavy session, so like think back to Dragon Heist and you're like, okay, I know we need to go and talk to people and like learn things and investigate leads. What was, what was the part of those encounters because roleplay is encountering what were your favorite bits i think the favorite bits were probably the ones that were a bit more so there's the xanathar scenes that um obviously joe did were Mm. absolutely amazing to witness but i felt like i was a little more there in the sense that brom's in his pocket i'm about Mm. to die I can't do anything. This is incredibly infuriating, but I'm loving this at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, because you're very good at not metering as well. You're very good at like enjoying the role play and watching other people have their scenes. And if you're not there, you forget that knowledge is your character. You're you're very impeccable at that, which I appreciate as a DM. It makes my life a lot easier. <laughs> I, I, I want to have that moment later where Brom yeah. has the surprise and Brom's like, what's going on? <laughs> it's like, wait, yeah. wait, you died? Carrie? Kai, what do you mean? Are you, are you okay? Do you need something? And then Brom went out and tried to get him something. I had no money at the time, bear in mind. Oh, I God, had, yeah. I had, like, five silver to my name, so I got him a salmon. <laughs> yeah, you made him a really nice dinner. You got the cook to make him a real good mm-hmm. good meal. Mm. I just asked Carrie what his favourite food was, or favourite fish was, and then just went and got it. See, this is the thing. This was a really nice example of like where role play drove the story because you found out that Cowrie used to fish with his brother mm-hmm. and um, in the Delabrimbury and you found out that he liked salmon. So you went and bought one, went to speak to your chef, come to cook a meal. And then we had a whole role play scene of everyone sat around the dinner table eating this lovely meal that, that you had effectively prepared for Cowrie to make him feel a bit better. And like we wouldn't have had that if the party didn't embrace those role play moments yeah so it definitely like adds a whole other element to D. and i suppose like i as we're talking i kind of think we should maybe break it down a little bit more because like that's a that's a really nice player driven role play moment and i am blessed as a dm to have characters that will go out and create those moments for themselves i don't have to like i never have to 
um like nudge you in the direction to do stuff on your own you will just kind of do it all of you do you're very good at that i think but... if you left us to our own devices we would we would definitely make a day of role play <laughs> oh dude we've had sessions like that we, where you had, had to do nothing <laughs> yeah we've had sessions where i've sat down like in the week before and i've prepped everything that i've needed like and i've done full-on like sheets and sheets of a4 prep in case you go in any direction because i i you know we're at that point in the campaign and then we've sat down and i've not used any of it because you go shopping <laughs> and i love that stuff i so enjoy watching that um but like that's a really great character driven player driven role play moment but there are role play encounters with npcs where let's say maybe you've got to go and convince the baron to allow you to go and clear out the minds of all of the zombies so that you can go down there and get something or or help the dwarves like you've got to go and convince someone to do that that's not combat encounters a role play encounter um and it's always kind of tricky if as an as a dm you're like doing the baron and you've got a voice and you've got characteristics and you've got the facial expressions and things and the players are just like yeah i'm gonna tell him this Mm -hmm. so those are those are other aspects of role play in the game as well rather than just like the storytelling um but i think maybe we can talk about like encounter i want to talk about encounter building on a tinkerous toolbox episode at some point anyway so we can probably talk about role play encounter building another day but I don't With, know how um, much how much on. prep you have between like how much prep you have in those role play encounters. Like how much of it? I imagine a lot of it is just ad lib. But me personally, yeah. Uh, it depends. So with encounters with very important NPCs, if I know that they have like a, a certain bit of like a certain plot key or a certain bit of information that I want them to say, or if I know that you're going to them with something in mind like let's say when you went to meet um one of the merchant princes in tomb of annihilation recently i knew that you were going to try and ask them a lot of questions about how port and anxiety works and a lot about chult and like that kind of stuff so i had prepped things that they knew about those specific subjects so that i had them ready for them to say but i don't script anything like I'll yeah. I'll have written down like you know merchant prince Jezemine knows X and will tell the characters X if they say Y and things like that and then because I know enough about them and I have the NPCs background and their flaws and ideals and things I know how they'll reply to the questions that you present yeah um and that's a good point as well I think that kind of leads into the fact that for me I run a lot of those encounters as kind of improvisational scenes. Like I know what the scene looks like and I know how the characters and the and the NPCs act, but the dialogue and then what happens is all improv. Which which makes it a lot more um I think fluid and natural. Um mm. because if you try to script it, you are not gonna get very far, I think. Um Yeah. I there mean, are could... times when I've scripted certain like phrases or paragraphs of things like when you met um oh what's his name the uh the half gold harbor master at port narizai i mean those you know those moments are going to come up right you know they're going to have either this introduction or this here is xy exposition the plot Um, hook (laughs) yeah here's here's the main thing i need to tell you everything else is fluff currently (laughs) yeah yeah that the skill comes in making those things is fluidly move into each other yeah yeah for sure um but yeah and so like for, for a dm point of view for me getting into that because there's so many npcs that you have to role play um i i always lay out like a paragraph or maybe two at most three because i don't want to have a lot to read if i have to quickly go and reread it in the session um and then i have things like flaws ideals bonds those personality traits have those and have their like key wants and fears so let's say uh what's a character that you already know about so i'm not spoiling anything for you uh let's say in dragon heist you are about to meet uh the black stuff i'll have her ideals bonds flaws and all of that and then i'll have written down something like you know wants to find an apprentice or wants to deal with manchun or mm-hmm. knows that these entarum is run by a higher up but doesn't know who it is you know things like that um and maybe like disposition or a note on what their voice is like something like that 
and yeah. then the rest will and when you play those characters as a dm for a long time like the black staff was a key npc that kept coming up it's a lot easier to just jump back into them when the players go you, oh i'm gonna go see them. them a long time yeah yeah it's harder with like now that i've changed over to, to toa it's harder to um to, to jump from character you to character. You haven't found your nice, like, comfy characters yet where you're like, okay, this is this is an easy one to do. Oh, <laughs> yes. Let me let me relax back into my big armchair. I know this character like the back of my hand. Yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, there's a few of those we need to get to. There are a few that, um, that I've introduced that are different enough from other NPCs. Like, they're all quite unique at the moment. Uh, the trick comes to when they're all quite similar. Like, Blackstaff and Lyriel were, had a lot of similar wants and quirks even though they were very different people because they were working together. So yeah. like that at first that was difficult and then over time it became easier. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, like you can definitely see the contrast in them, especially in conversations. Um, mm. uh, like yeah. the black staff usually let Lyriel lead conversations if they were both in the same room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then only stepped in when she wanted to get something across, um, which was, it was, it was, it was nice interactions and I'm very impressed with you for it being able to do that as well um, oh, in a roleplay scenario where there's several characters that all have their points and desires and want to push them forward. Yeah, I mean, Dragon Heist was a big, um, like a big learning curve for running. I mean, Dragon Heist was a big learning curve anyway. I learned a lot from running that campaign, but it um, it taught me a lot in not only scaling adventures and extending written stuff but in how to run things like factions and wants and desires and Mm -hmm. i think i mean this is kind of the advanced end of the discussion i think but when you're when you've got key npcs and they have similar or differing wants and they're all in the same room and you have to jump around them the best thing to do is to make them distinct enough that the pcs know who's talking and that in itself will kind of drive the discussion and the note taking and the messages coming across. Does that make sense? Yes. Like yes, it does. I one of the big scenes that James and I did at the end of Dragon Heist to link into the rest of the the branching campaigns, the three or four that we're now stretching out from Dragon Heist, was to have the big meeting of the Lords Alliance and to have lots of different key players in a big meeting. And we were building up to that. Like we were talking about that scene and that um set piece for uh how long will it have been? It must have at least been a year. Like, and then that's no exaggeration. Wow. Like, we were talking about it for so long. Um, this was the, you know, the culmination of everyone's efforts, essentially. Um, yeah, like, it was the big... That was, like, the the, the Avengers assembling. That was the mm-hmm. big moment where all of the stories linked together. Um, and so we said to each other and this this actually comes into it, i suppose because we were we were saying like how are we going to run all these npcs and like how are we going to split them up so we made a big list of all the npcs that were there so you had like lyriel the black staff uh, elminster you had people like dabble star song who was one of the heads of the zentarum who'd become a big player for the characters you had the harpers um you had all the raven guard from Baldur's gate uh people from neverwinter like all of the uh, mithril hall like all these big players who are part of lord's alliance and so i said well look i've been running all of these npcs in my campaign you've been running all of those ones so you take them and i'll take these um we know there's these different topics so let's break the conversation of the meeting into those three different things and i'll lead this one as this person you lead that one as that person and then instead of scripting like what we're going to say to each other. Like we had scripts of things that needed to be said, like I've said before, but instead of saying like, I'll say this and then you chime in with this, it was, okay, we know enough about our own campaigns to deal with any like random thing that comes up in this meeting. We've been living in these worlds for long enough. Yeah. So I'll do my part. And at any point, if you have a character that has something to say about that, interrupt me and chime in. Um, Amazing. And we were like, I even remember sitting on a call for James for like two and a half hours. And I was like talking about different ways to do this. And I said, I don't think we script this. I think we, we improv it because I adore that though. I absolutely love that so much that mm. you, that you essentially had the main points and then improv a lot of it. Mm. Like I knew that Lyriel was going to basically feed you all the information to get you off into TOA and, James had all of his information to get you off into um, the story for uh, Tiamat. I forget the 
what is it? It's, hang on, I'm looking at my books. Tyranny of Dragons. Um, you know, and the and the second half of that two two campaign two adventure Wait, but campaign. It's all like here's all the campaigns that you might go yeah. on. <laughs> it's yeah. like oh and god. Like, <laughs> I knew that Elminster was going to come in and be like, well, I've called, I've been called back to look into this problem with the weave, so I'll be dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I like I know stuff about. Be, both being dms means that i know stuff about the campaign that i'm going to play in for james and james knows bits about mine but not everything so i knew that he had things that his npcs were going to worry about or you know have things to say about i mean so all these when, npcs are in different areas aren't they so they're going to have you know if something's close by it's going to be a priority yeah. rather than yeah yeah exactly so like when when lyriel stepped up in the meeting and said okay let's talk about the most pressing matter which is the death curse it was i kind of knew that james had something in mind but i didn't know what it was so then he jumped up as old and rainbow guard and just said well hang on a minute that's not the biggest issue it's it's only the biggest issue to you because you've got the dragon ward and dragons can't attack your city i think we should talk about the rising dragon cultists mm-hmm. and like as 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 lyriel she's a bit like for God's sake, like caught off guard because it's taken her out of her flow, which takes me out of my flow, which means the improv sort of continues. Um, So that was the best way to do that. I mean, if I was one person, if it was just me and not James, I might script certain interactions and then have the rest flow. But with two DMs, it worked. It worked really well that way, I feel. I mean, you bounce off each other, which is so good. Mm. And I I think that's that's a key part of roleplay, to be honest, being able to just take anything that's thrown at you. And just run with it in a different direction, essentially. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think, I mean, we we haven't talked. We'll, we'll do like the main tips for getting into it for characters and for for DMs and PCs to, uh, in a, in a bit towards the end, I think, of the episode. But um, there is that big that big thing of yes and, which is a key rule in improvisation. You know, you you always say yes and. You don't say no. You don't stop the thought or or the the opportunity that another player is is bringing up for you um so like you know in an improv class if if you came to me and you said hi mr apple grocer i'd like to buy some apples it would be wrong of me to say well hang on i'm not an apple grocer but if i follow the yes and rule i say yes and would you also like some pineapples because i'm a green grocer so you're always building you're not taking away yeah um but yeah that's uh that, that's definitely a big part of it uh there is a um a really really helpful thing in just role play in general um and it doesn't actually come into it a lot but i think and i think we we didn't use it as much as i would have thought we would have in um dragon heist but it is integral to role play and and role play in D, and that's a really good set of dice that you use to make all of your charisma based checks with um wesley you could get some really nice D dice by heading to the dice dungeon and using the code we speak common to get 10 percent off did you, oh, could did you I? know that oh could i ben i definitely will do that i have done this already in the past i have been oh look- good man i've been i've been looking at some uh other dice um but then what, again what sets do you have well i have i think the frozen one currently um, oh yeah I, yeah yeah of course i do no it's, it's blue and purple and black and metal mm. And it's nice to feel in my hands. It's it's weightiness. As yeah, it's I got throw power. It and, and it rolls low numbers. But that, that's mm. me. That's not the dice. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I had an issue in our descent campaign last night. I was I have uh, one of the burning hands set, which I use for descent into Vernus because hell and fire and burning. Um, and I was just I wasn't uh, the luck was not with me yesterday. <laughs> I rolled poorly. Um, but then again, I know that James and Sam and Ray will tell you that they rolled really, really well in a lot of their checks with their Dice Dungeon Dice. So, uh, hey, you, you win some, you lose some. That's kind of the point in <laughs> in rolling dice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've got some really, really nice resin dice too and um, a wonderful uh, new thing, uh, the, the Bag of Fates, I believe they've called it. So you can pay a set amount and you get uh, a random set of dice between... Um, two uh, varying values so that's uh, that's a good fun sort of oh, i don't know what dice i want to buy I'll, I'll grab a bag of fates um but yeah if you use the link in the description or if you go to wespeakcommon.com you'll get a whole list of all of our links there's a there's a link there that automatically applies the discount when you get to check out um the other really good one was which is brand new and i'm actually super super excited about uh, we have just partnered up with a lovely service called describe describe is spelled d s c r y b because they're cool 
and they don't they don't conform. It's, it's a really good spelling, norms. you know. It's fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so if you are um, if you're like listening to this thinking, yeah, I want those tips for role play, and you're thinking, oh, I can't just I can't just flow as my NPCs. Like I can't I can't improvise. What are you saying, Ben? Well, then head over to describe because they do all of the hard work for you in writing out the box text. So let's say you pick up Descent into Avernus and you get that lovely box text all laid out for you, but you think, no, I want to run my own adventure. Well, where are you going to get your box text? Describe is where you're going to get your box text. So basically, let's say, Wes, you wanted to... um, you wanted to use astral projection on your players. This is my go-to example because I love the astral projection uh, description that Describe has written for us. Uh, you go onto their website, you type in astral projection under spells, and it gives you a full description of what your PCs would see if that spell was cast on them. Wow. And it's uh, just... it's all chef kisses, Wes. It's beautiful. I wish... Is, is there any chance we could hear any of it? Or is that... do, you want, do, you want to, do you want me to go grab one? I think you should go grab one. I feel like okay. you need to give an example. Okay, let me let me pull up. Do you want me to do astral projection? Because I've I've. I mean, you've you've just brought it up, so now now I'm curious. Okay, so okay. Like astral. That's the one projection. you have to go for. So you head over to the website. You type in astral projection. You hit you hit enter or you hit go, um, and you have to spell astral projection right, Wesley. Otherwise, it does <laughs> it doesn't come up. Um, I think have I might you got have it. it. Yeah. I think I might have it saved actually because I did um I did look it up the other day. Hang on, let me uh, let me go to my previous searches. Uh, where is it? It's got to be right there, Ben. Well, I, really, you've got me like on the edge of my seat, waiting for this description where I'm going to be blown away. You've put me on. You've put me on the spot now. <laughs> yes, I have. I mean, okay. I, I mean, <laughs> I had to change, you know, the tables, Ben, onto you. You, you had to turn the, the tables, did you? Exactly. I did. It was needed because of. Uh, <laughs> I don't do things like this, Ben. <laughs> no, I know. I actually think I can't find it because I... Oh, it's because I'm not logged in. That's why. <laughs> That's why. Um, Professional podcast. Very prepared. This, oh, Yeah, I've, I've just know. put Ben on the spot. So just blame me for this one, everybody. <laughs> it's fine. It's only their first ad read. It wouldn't be the D&D podcast for everyone if I didn't get it wrong. You'll get there. You, you, are, you, are you anywhere close? Yeah, I've got it here. here okay. Go. I'm ready. Okay, so this is the box text written for astral projection. You blink your eyes closed, and when you open them, a swirling silver vortex floats above your prone form. You rise to stand, but you find yourself drifting upward toward the whirlpool of metallic fog propelled just by the thought of movement. You have a moment to look back at your body, lying as if sleeping, and the semi-transparent cord of silvery light that runs from you to it. But then the pool of the vortex sucks you in, propelling you beyond your body and the world to someplace else. I adore the imagery that that provokes. It's fantastic, isn't you it? You describe that. That's really good. It's so good. So you can go and check out Describe right now. Um, D-S-C-R-Y-B dot com. Have a little search. Have a look. They've got over 14,000 scenes and they are adding all the time. And they are bringing out collections soon too. If you want access to those, uh, they have a subscription-based um, program so you can subscribe for a, a different tier levels per month or you can do it all in one year but the best part is if you use the code common on checkout you get 10 percent off your subscription every single month so you get that 10 percent off each time you pay it's not a one-time thing um there's also a link to that in the description below and on wespeakcommon.com so go check it out and maybe next week i'll read you another one we'll see we'll uh We'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens next week. Wes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I feel yeah. like I had to put you on the spot. You have to you have to show it a bit more, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm making you feel uncomfortable being on the podcast. You've got to make me feel uncomfortable Exactly. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, really, really excited to be working with those guys. So go and check them out. Um, okay, so let's do let's do tips. Let's do the actual tangible tips for getting into role play, uh, whether you're a DM or a player. Um and I want to go like fully back to basics. So like, honestly, like let's imagine the idea of role play terrifies you, Wesley. What are your tips to help people who don't know what to do? Okay. Tips, I would say for certain is you brought this up earlier, but having your short term goals and your long term goals in front of you mm. is the best idea in the world. Like what, what fears you have as well, just to have those directly in front of you so you can refer to them if there's something mm. that might lead you in a way maybe your character is more um you know they like getting money you know that's that's a general one they might be a bit yeah. vain 
Um, it might not just be, you know, gold. It might be jewellery. It might be other things. In uh, Team of Annihilation, my character is obviously very obsessed with their looks mm. and their clothing. And um, if they were to see a jewellery area, of course they would have to go over there and look at the beautiful amulets that I will buy with my money. And yeah. my character is becoming very quickly very poor. Just as a note, um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, oh, 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 look, there's something interesting that I can indulge in over here. I will go take that. I'll go <laughs> buy it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really good one. So like my um, my hexblade paladin in Descent, who is lawful evil, he has um, a an ongoing fear that he's going to be forgotten. He wants to leave a legacy, which propels him to do things at any cost to make sure that he is building a name for himself. And so like. Another one of his fears is that he's afraid that uh, because of that, he's afraid he's going to die without having left that legacy in in place. So he will always have one spell slot to use whatever spell he needs to to get out of a situation that's life threatening, even if it means leaving his friends behind because he's a bad boy. Um, He's an evil boy. We all know (laughs) he is. He is evil. And if you are thinking, well, I'm not very good at characterization. Like, how do I come up with those those things? The best place to start is your your four key cornerstones that you build as uh, you build your PC. So your your ideals, flaws, personality traits, and bonds. You, know, yeah. you can get those from your background. And you know, I mean, there are so many backgrounds now. Not only in the player's handbook, but like in um, Sorco's Adventures Guide, in the adventures they offer extra backgrounds so like curse of strad has one toa has one um toa has two in them um anthropologist and archaeologist so check those out and use those suggested ones but when you get more comfortable with your character you can build on those and change them out with your dm's help so they're a really good place to start yeah they're a good place to start and don't be afraid if you think something that comes up that you think your character might do don't be afraid to just say, can I do this to your DM? Mm. Because at the end of the day, that's what role-playing is. That's what D&D is. So can I go do this thing? And most of the time, your party will be like, sure, yeah, let's let's go do that. And they might come along to do whatever you saw. Um, yes. You know, in a town or a place where you just go, okay, there's a bakery over there, your character. Or the DM's describing food as... As you do, Ben. You do yeah. like describing I'm a foodie. <laughs> the, smells, I'm a food. the smells that go through the city. You're like, well, okay. Well, now we have to go there, clearly, because uh, it's the morning. Yeah. My character's hungry. We're going to go interact with that baker and force you to do uh, some role-playing uh, as the DM. <laughs> yeah, so like, I've had characters who say to me... Uh, sorry, I've had players who say to me, that they want to use like do more role play as their characters and like what's what's a good tip and i always say when you go into a session have one of your goals as a player to have one non non story role play encounter so like mm-hmm. one non hook based encounter so if your dm is describing the fact that you're walking through Waterdeep and you can smell the fresh bakery opening its doors in the morning and and the fresh smell of croissants then um annoy your dm because they definitely haven't planned for you to go to that bakery and mm-hmm. say oh i'd love to ah oh, i i want to go and buy some some croissants and hopefully your dm will take the opportunity to say yes you walk into this lovely bakery that's got pastry all over the walls that i am making up as we go and you see the <laughs> the young um baker's son behind the counter his name is thomas and he is putting out fresh croissants and he says oh hello sir would you like a croissant and then you role play in your voice and you you buy a croissant for one silver exactly and it's, um, it's just a lovely small interaction that you can have and it if you do enough of those, you're going to get so much more into character. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, because now you know your sessions, character loves croissants. Exactly. First few sessions are always a little rough with yeah. trying to flesh out a character, trying to feel them out a bit and be like, okay, where where are we going with this? What direction do I want to go in? Um, and a lot of the time, the first few sessions can be like save or suck for a character, whether someone yeah. adores them or doesn't like them as much i find Um, as well like in those first sessions you get like we've got have we got six people in our group or maybe seven and it's the first couple of sessions are everybody saying ah here's my unique thing and they go yes and here's my unique thing (laughs) (laughs) and you all kind of just have this weird hodgepodge of like trying to get in your character traits so everyone knows something about you um which is Um, great fun i think i was just going around questioning people really yeah um 
I think also just ask your party members questions. If you're yeah, that was going to be my next tip. Just, just throw questions at them. Right? How are you going to learn about your party members if you don't ask questions? Like in daily life, we ask like questions so much to one another to get to know mm. one each other. So it'd be the exact same with yours. And if you're traveling with them for however long, or stuck on a boat for how many weeks? Three weeks was it? Uh, you were on there for twenty five days, twenty six days. So yeah. But it was a long time, and then we got to pester each other with questions. Of course, we couldn't do the entire session as much as I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. Like, if you're if you're struggling to get in your play your character's head as a player or as a as a DM in the NPC's head, you kind of just have to sit and imagine, like, imagine yourself in that position instead of being like, "Oh, what would X character do when they have all of this background stuff?" Instead, go. Well, what would I do? Like me as Ben, if I was on a boat with people I've only just met, what would I do? Well, I'd probably try and talk to the one that looks the most friendly because that's like I'm intimidated by big, scary people. So I'm going to go and talk to them. So then say, okay, I'm going to go and talk to them. But instead of being Ben, I'm going to pretend that I have this trait, which might be that you're extravagant like your character was. So you might Mm. be like, right, okay, so I'm going to say... Oh, my character, insert name here, uh, walks over and sort of grabs his cape up and flourishes it and sits down so that he's not sitting on his cape. And he says, so what what, what, what do you do? What's your name? How? What, what's your favorite thing? Like just one of those things, like just ask a question and that will prompt your other player to do the same as what you've just done yeah. and bring out a character, bit of info or a, or a bit of trait that they might then lean on in the future. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, just don't be afraid to do that. Plus, like little actions. Um, in the first session of two A, uh, just because it's so recent, it's fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, I decided Nevin would bring on some alcohol because he he likes to drink a lot and indulge a yes, lot. And he, he just forced, tried to essentially force this into everyone's hands. He has his gob. He has two goblets that he takes around with him in case someone wants to share a drink with him. That's just how bad this character is. You just with that small interaction and him mm. just trying to force it on other people. A, you you know he's he's going to be drinking a lot. B, yep. you know he likes to drink with others a lot, and <laughs> will try and bring you into whatever activity he's doing. <laughs> here, have have a glass. It's that peer pressure your mum told it's you like, about. Exactly. It's like yeah. yes, here. Look, I have one right here. You want to join? No. Mm. Want to read a book? Oh. Right, I guess that's interesting. <laughs> how in, how unsociable. Um, yeah, and I think that that leads into another really good tip, which is to have a cornerstone. So as we said, like you've got those those key things, those fears, those ponds, those personality traits, but have something like a quirk. So maybe your character um, does always have a goblet ready to give someone a drink. Maybe they have tarot cards and they always offer to read someone's future. That came up in our TOA game. Maybe they've got something unique, like um, they uh, they have a certain voice. Like maybe you're a lizard folk, so he elongates all of his zesses, which is going to sound awful on the podcast because I hate I hate how the S sounds through headphones, but <laughs> I've done it now. <laughs> um, you know, so something that kind of, you can lean on and the voice one, I think leaning into the next tip, which we'll get to in a second with finding a voice helps you to have something that you can always like something. It might, it doesn't have to be subtle. It can be something really obvious like the S thing, but you can always lean on it, which will always bring you back in your mind into that character. Yes. Um, I, I'm going to say this now. I, in the curse of Strahd one, mm. I really do regret not going for a voice. I yeah. really do because it has become a very easy crutch for me to get into character. Like yeah. even on days when um, you know I'm not feeling the greatest, but I've got a D and D session. Like if I, as soon as I start with that character voice, everything else is gone. I'm perfectly in character. I know what I'm doing, mm. and it just it just gets you in the mood for role play. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. And like with with voices, so the, I when I I said at the start of the episode, I was, I was a drama kid. I did like. I did acting school and stuff. I hated doing accents. Like I could never, I can never get accents. And we always have this joke. Joe had this joke that I would always like the accents in my campaigns would, would range from Norfolk to Scotland and nothing in between. Um, (laughs) Maybe a little bit of Mancunian here and there and that would be it. But um, 
you know, over time, I've learned to do more. But the one tip I can give if you're struggling to find a voice is start off small and find like that that one thing so maybe it's the s's or maybe there's an accent that you can do like maybe you can do a good southern accent um find something that you're comfortable with doing already play around with it but give yourself a springboard phrase so a springboard phrase is something that you can say really well in the voice that you're doing so for my character Claath, it was um do you know who i am and he would say that because he was very vain and he wanted everyone to know who he was so he could leave that legacy mm-hmm. behind he would say that when everyone whenever he found a point where he was like oh do you, you don't know who i am do you know who i am and for me whenever we uh, when i know i'm going into a session as clav before the call starts i just sit there and i go do you know who i am in his voice we over, all over see again this, by the way we can see ben doing this oh yeah yeah, yeah. i just mute my microphone <laughs> and i just sit there like do you know who i am and i just do it over and over again until i'm comfortable and then i can just talk as clav um there's nothing wrong with that halfway through the session i'll be like hang no, a minute absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah. especially um, when it's it's such a different voice from your own yeah um with a lot of voices that i've learned i've you know i've just watched youtube videos of certain like accent videos or something along those lines yeah and just taken a phrase that has the most it's the phrase that i think is the best one in my head right and i'm like mm-hmm. okay that sounds that's got a really good accent and flow to it I want to copy that sentence and then I will mimic it over and over and over <laughs> until I get to a point. Um, and sometimes I record myself, sometimes I listen to myself. Um, so for instance, there was one uh, where I did a more like deeper uh, accent. Like uh, I can't remember the whole phrase because it's been so long, but it's like, yeah. you're under the world serpent. You know, <laughs> like that's... <laughs> So this that is just like, like on a video. Such a roll of such a roll right? of like consonants the and world. vowels. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I such remember a that. Joe had uh, had his North setting campaign, and James and I were recreating characters that were already from there. And I was like, "How do I do this kind of Icelandic accent? I can't even remember it now because it's been so long." But um, I loved your accents in that campaign. I remember, I remember when you first heard them, you had a really good reaction. I was like, "Yes, I've done, I've done something right." Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think voices are one of the things that are the most intimidating because you don't want to look silly. Like, there's this thing, like, I don't want to look silly. And um, Craig, in our campaign, they are... um, They're more in their shell about um, roleplay, I think. And recently, they've come out a lot. And they said to me before we went into TOA, oh, I'm going to try um doing a different voice but i'm worried that i might fall in and out of it and i said don't worry about it like we i said if you're really worried like say oh i'm gonna practice the voice and it might come and go um and i always say like that's absolutely fine because we as players will just bounce off what however you say something and eventually something will stick and now they've got this really cool accent and it's synonymous with their character really good yeah um and at the end of the day you're around a table with friends so yeah no one's going to judge you for it. They're going to be happy that you're giving it a go. Right. Okay. Yeah, Admittedly, sure. some people may take the mick out of you when I did a French accent, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it's banter. Uh, it's fine. You know, it's absolutely fine. I adored it. Um, and I also annoyed everyone, <laughs> especially Joe. Mm, with that yeah. One. It gets to the point as well. Like as soon as you, once you get comfortable with doing voices and being silly in front of your regular group, and I guess it's different if you're playing in like Adventurous League. I don't even know if Adventurous League is happening right now because of, the pandemic like i don't know if they do online adventurous league they might do we don't really have it here in the uk um but like if you're with people that you you know and you're comfortable with it just gets easier and easier and it's got to the point now i mean i've been fine take it for granted i've been dming for a long time now but it's got to the point where i can sit down with a group of people i've never played before and there is like there's no inhibitions like i just go for voices i do not care and that makes it so much easier for me to get into my comfort zone DMing for different people, but it also makes it more comfortable for everyone else to feel like, oh, it's okay, we can we can do silly voices and things. Um, and as the DM, like I get to do really silly voices, I get to be goblins and things, like I get to be really weird with it. So mm-hmm. if you're thinking, oh, no one else does voices, don't worry about it. Like the more people do it, the more everyone will feel like, oh, okay, we can we can be a little bit silly here. 
I mean, we've we've brought everyone into doing voices, really, in our group. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just a couple of us to begin with, and then we've slowly brought everyone else in. Yeah. <laughs> like, come, come join the voice crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, I find that um, if I'm doing something that's really monotonous, like, I do a lot of driving. So if I'm out and about on the road and I'm building a character or an NPC in my brain, I'll often just start like talking to myself in the voice to find it and i'll change it and get comfortable with it and once i'm comfortable with it that's when it comes out of the table you know it doesn't have to come out as a work in progress if you don't want it to yeah 100 percent um i I mean i've just practiced by myself loads of times um just when you're doing something that doesn't take too much attention um you just you just talk aloud um, you look insane, but that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we play D and D. We we often look exactly. insane anyway. We're, we're, we're already crazy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So there's a load of tips there. Is there anything else that stands out that you think is something that like oh really helps me build characters or get into those characters? Mm. Building characters, I think, is more so it, obviously the goals and everything, but just mm. take a concept that you find fun, that you want to enjoy, and run with it um i think a lot of people also mention about role playing in the regard to trying to make sure that you are collaborating with your team make sure you're not too off one way i know there's some real like fun concepts like you want to be this evil character but just also make sure that it does flow with the group because you don't want such a disparity that you aren't having fun together Uh, that's just one note i would have um when you are creating those characters and you are going way over to the other side but hopefully your dm will discuss that with you and... yeah like when when Claf was in descent like we started Claf and your character drell really hated each other to we we with. had i'm sorry Claf murdered my character yeah just, with a, with just a to file. point this out this was this was bad <laughs> yeah it wasn't even justice like it was pure hatred and we really didn't get on and we were there was only one other player in the group and like a, a key focal point for a lot of the a lot of the first sessions i think at least until like session 15 to 20 we were it, the the kind of the the dynamic was that we were arguing and yuruvi and the other character was trying to break it up and trying to get us to to work together because we were kind of all pulled into the same plot and that's that's a great dynamic if you're comfortable like i remember messaging you, you so many times and be yes. like have i got we, we both messaged each other <laughs> it's yeah. like is that, are you okay did yeah. we do okay <laughs> just letting you know in real life i love you um yeah so like that that can be fun too but yeah it's it's definitely kind of make sure it's a safe space and you've agreed that that's okay 100 god i remember the session before i fireballed you i was like just so you know that i might kill you next session are you okay with that do you want me to change that and you're like no it's fine like go for it you 100 percent run with it ben you murder the hell out of me (laughs) and hey now we're best friends um yay which although i'm pretty sure Claire will try and murder me later again but there you go no. I mean, it sounds like that's a big springboard from one side to the other, but it was all around <laughs> development. I mean, you lost your memories, and I was like, at one point, Claf was full on considering, like, do we not help you give your mm-hmm. memories back because them. I've had a fresh start and now we're getting on. <laughs> it was it was really interesting playing a character with no memories, though. Mm. It's really interesting because they're such a blank slate that they believed everything i had to go to a completely different like page on like my notes and was like okay everything they tell me i think is true they just continue to write everything you said yeah um yeah like you have to start again exactly um and claath obviously said a lot of things like you know when i tell you to jump you jump and along Mm. those lines yeah because you were you were such you were such a uh an empty kind of like I don't know what like I don't you didn't even know what danger was because we were in such a weird place that I that mm-hmm. I, we had to be like okay if I tell you to run you got to run and if I tell you to use that spell use that spell and, and if this, I this get us into trouble a little bit because I think you said cast a spell at some point oh, yeah. and my character didn't know what to do <laughs> and just cast a random fog on the area yeah and I was like That's and then Gath cool. was like wait what have you done <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's that's a really see. This is this is the point. Like, if you get into role playing, if you get into know your character, when you get into these situations where, like, like for you, it was all taken away, you then have so much freedom to just really go with it and and be something else. And though that situation, you losing your memory, if we weren't into role play, would have just been this like mechanical thing. 
um, exactly. and, yeah. and wouldn't have really meant anything. But because you role played it, it became this whole big part of the story and like a separate arc of, of that campaign. So, but it's also the arc that made Claath and Drell reunite essentially. Mm. As well, yeah, it, it is... literally gave us a fresh start, mm-hmm. which was incredibly interesting. And obviously, because this this was a, a new uh, like blank slate, um, their main fear when it was coming to the end to them essentially curing Drell, they were worried that this because they'd heard so much about the old Drell, and they say, "Well, they sound like a really bad person. Are yeah. you sure you want this person back?" Um, because I'm here, and I don't know if I'll still be here if if I get my memories back. It, it mm. was it was a very interesting uh, inner monologue. Um, yeah, it and... was it was something I've never even thought of as a like a not a plot point, but like a you know like an interesting dilemma to ha- to give your player characters because we because you'd learnt to be this new person for the course of like ten sessions. Mm-hmm. the idea of the person you are going away and losing those 10 sessions became a real quandary. And that's just something that wouldn't have happened if we didn't exactly. role yeah. play all. Yeah. It, it, was, it, was a, it was a very interesting um, moral dilemma to explore. Um, yeah. And your characters eventually convinced them to leave. They gave you a very, they gave you hugs and said, yeah, it was I hope, very I hope emotional. the new drill is okay. I hope, yeah. I hope he doesn't hurt you. <laughs> and luckily, you weren't just the old Drell. You were like a combination of the two. So, exactly. You know, we we all we all all of our characters grew and developed from that. So, and it Except all Clav, came Clav from role still evil. <laughs> No, <laughs> I think Clav did grow from that. He think he I think he had a slightly different perspective on Drell from that. Yeah, he's he's certainly grown, but he's now achieved his goal of freeing his uh, almighty overlord and is kind of slipping back into his his, old his ways, demon daddy. His yeah, his his demon daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loves his demon daddy. Um and there's some interesting stuff that's going to come out of that cuz you're stuck in a uh, in a contract with him. Yay! <laughs> I, I cannot wait. I think we've got like a fortnight until we play the next session. But it's going to be so good. It's going to be really good. It's going to be really um, exciting. Okay, so look, we're, we're coming to time here, but I think the takeaways are don't be afraid to give it a go and just have fun. And that's such yes. a cop-out answer, but there are some tips it, in there. Oh, it is. But you're trying to like condense so much into like a um, a small little sentence, aren't you? So Yeah. D- yeah. So D&D roleplay, I think the best way to sum it up is you will get m- as much out of it as you put in. And if you really put the effort in and you just go for it, you will make your games so much more interesting and fuller. That's my personal yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, main takeaways, get your goals on the table. Don't be scared to say, can I? Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that, don't be scared to develop your character on the way. Like your character will develop. Like we, everyone, you know, changes their opinions on things. Your character can do that too, if you want. Yeah. Um, and just go with it and have fun with your role play party and make sure you bloody talk to them right <laughs> you you take them off into that corner and you ask them the deepest of darkest questions you, you get their backstory damn it <laughs> yeah. the next time you play D, i want you to force your dm and party to role play a dinner scene <laughs> <laughs> yes well maybe don't force it but you know what i mean um okay wonderful wesley thank you so much this was such a good conversation and i hope that um it has alleviated your fear of being on the podcast and you'll come back one day I suppose a little. <laughs> I think it was just it was just more of a conversation, and I yeah. hope people enjoy the um, I guess the topic. I think it's a really interesting one. So mm. yeah, and and look, it's kind of side by side, much like how people have to get over their fear of role playing. You've got over your fear of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, I've one step it. in it's the right fine. direction. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, whether like, I, whether I listen to this one is a completely different. Uh, subject. Oh, dude, no, I totally get it. I hate listening to my own voice. <laughs> that's that's fine. That's normal. Um, but yeah, look, if you want to get involved with the podcast, if you want to drop us a topic suggestion or just say hello or tell us what you think about what we've been saying, then you can get in touch with us in so many different ways. If you go to your browser and you search wespeakcommon.com, you'll get a lovely list of all of the places you can listen and find us. We're on Twitter and Instagram at We Speak Common. We are uh, available at We Speak Common at Hotmail 
www.thepodcastpodcast.com. That's the email address. And if you go to our Twitter or our website, you can find the Patreon where you can support the podcast if you want to. And you get some fun benefits like um, some homebrew options that I have written up, like a new sorcerer class that uses the spell point variant rule. Mm, interesting. You also get access to the wonderful Discord server, which is growing every single day. We just got a new guy jump in with us today. Uh, there's lots of conversations, topic suggestions, and D&D memes. Uh, it's a right laugh. Uh, come and say hello if that's a thing you want to do. Cool. Wesley, thank you so much. Um, I will speak thank to you, you in like 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 an hour and a half's time because we're going to play TOA and I'm very excited. Oh, da, da, da. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> jungle time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it is jungle time. Oh, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm buzzing. All right. <laughs> See you later. See you later. Thanks for listening today. If you like the show, do us a favor, leave us a like and review on your platform of choice and share us with your friends. Send us to your fellow DMs and players so that we can build our community even more. It really helps to get us out in front of more eyes. If you want to support the show, you can by joining our Patreon. Links can be found in the show description and the episode descriptions on all platforms. The music in the podcast is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82. It's licensed under a Creative Commons license by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.